welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast where college students and faculty come together to talk about mental health, wellness, mentorship, and entrepreneurship. Together, we set and achieve goals for ourselves to get us where we want to be. I am your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 104 of the podcast. Oh, hey, everyone. It feels like it's been forever since I've said that. Uh, welcome, and uh, here we are uh, on another summer episode of the College Student Success Podcast, getting into this new uh, schedule, not schedule, of uh, sort of releasing episodes as they come about and the inspiration uh, comes at me. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I am super happy to be back here podcasting again and uh, really excited to bring this interview for you today. I have Justin, who I interviewed, uh, who is a person with a developmental disability. Uh, he has autism, and he uh, very graciously agreed to come on the podcast and talk about um, his experience of being in school and he's a recent graduate uh, with a bachelor's, so it was really cool to get him on, and we will bring him on in a few moments. Uh, first off, just wanted to give a shout out to Elise, who was the inspiration for this interview. Uh, I Quick story, I um, had actually had an idea to do a show about, or an interview, or something involving uh, developmental disabilities for quite a while now. Uh, actually, since last summer, right around uh, a little over a year now, because it was in July. Um, and I know that because I was at a conference and I was talking, I, you know, networking in a conference. You know, that's one of the big advantages of being able to go is sort of to meet people. And, you know, a lot of times you can meet really inspiring individuals and, and, and actually get to talk to them, you know, after their sessions and presentations on a more one on one level. It's really cool. And I met this guy just in the hallway. I think he had been to my talk, uh, where actually I was talking about the podcast. Uh, I was at this conference for uh, the Association of Higher Education and Disability, and he, uh, you know, said he liked the the the, uh, the presentation and said he was trying to kind of do maybe do something similar. And he was part of a, a network of individuals that support people with autism. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, you know, hook up with me. You know, we I could tell you, you know, give you some info on setting up, you know, the podcast, you know, more of the technical stuff. Um, and, you know, I would, you know, if you have anyone that would be interested, I'd love to have somebody on that has autism at, you know, as a college graduate or a college student at least uh, to talk about their experience. Well, lo and behold, the, the connection never ended up happening. Uh, he never reached out, which is, is cool. You know, sometimes that happens uh, with, with conferences and whatnot. Um, but I kind of filed it in the back of my mind thinking, all right, I am going to do a show one day uh, with that in mind. Last summer, I also taught for the first time a course, an undergraduate course at Rutgers on developmental disabilities. And as somebody that didn't have a lot of experience working with that population, most of my experience has been, you know, straight mental health diagnoses with comorbid or, or co-occurring, you know, substance abuse issues or sometimes, you know, eating disorder or, you know, other kinds of um, other uh, diagnoses or di di disability types, uh, ADHD, learning disabilities. But I never had a lot of experience working with people that had 
developmental disabilities. So it was a very eye-opening semester last summer to teach that course because I learned a lot right along with the students. And I'm teaching it again this summer. So my, my interest level has sort of ratcheted up and I... Well, I met an individual, well, I met uh, a former colleague of mine somewhat recently uh, on campus just randomly. She actually no longer works for Rutgers, but she was on, on campus for an event, and I found out she was working for a developmental disability uh, organization here in New Jersey. And so I was like, oh, that's really cool. And so I had invited her to into the classroom to talk uh, to some of my students and followed up afterwards and thanking her and asked, you know, is there anyone you know in your network that is a college student that might want to come on the podcast? And lo and behold, she was, you know, she wrote right back and was like, I know just the person. So lo and behold, that's how I met Justin. So uh, thank you, Karen, uh, for making the connection and for allowing me to interview Justin. And um, so that's sort of where, you know, my interest level comes from. And then, you know, how I've had it on my plate for a while. Um, And then the other factor was I had gotten an email from a listener uh, right around the end of the semester, the spring semester, uh, and it was a really awesome email. I appreciated it. And, and in the email, Elise asked, you know, uh, for an episode. Uh, she had a couple of uh, suggestions, um, but one of them was uh, something about autism. And so here we go. Ask and ye shall receive. Uh, it sometimes takes me a little while, but I love it when listeners uh, write to me, tell me about, you know, how the um, – the things that we, we talk about here on the College Student Success Podcast um, influence and, and impact their lives. Uh, it's so inspiring and keeps me, you know, inspired and, and keeping, you know, the podcast going and, and reaching out in new directions. So, uh, so thank you for that feedback. And um, so without further ado, take it away, Derek and Justin. All right, Justin, um, I want to thank you for coming on the College Student Success Podcast. Um, So why don't we start out maybe talking about a little background on you, you know, how old you are, and where you're at in the college process right now. All right, so as I said, before I have autism, I was diagnosed at three years old. I had went to Eden, and I was mainstream, and I was born mute. Also, I'm 23 years old. I graduated from Westminster College with honors, class of 2017, and also I majored in classical piano performance. I've been playing the piano since I was nine years old. I was interested since I was a young boy. And since I graduated from Westminster, I continued to get piano lessons with my professor. And also, I entertain people at nursing homes and volunteer at the Arkham Mercer program where I help out special needs adults with their needs. Also, I've been currently taking jazz lessons at William Patterson University. And 
I'm the pianist at a local church in Hillsboro. I also play the violin, guitar, and organ. And after I'm done with all this, I want to become a piano teacher. And I'm presently looking for opportunities. Awesome. That is a, that's a great um, introduction. I didn't realize you had done all of that. Um, so you're a college graduate, and but you're also now taking some classes at um, a four-year college. That's William Patterson, right? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then you said at the end, like you have the goal of becoming a, a piano instructor. Um, and it sounds like you're well on your way. Um, so you you said you you graduated uh, last year. Um, when did you, do you know when you started at Westminster? Uh, September 2013. Okay, so it took you a little over four years. Um, what was it like managing your disability while you were attending college? Well, it was very hard. As you know, when you leave high school, you're considered an adult. and Your IEP actually isn't valid anymore. So you, the student, is actually responsible for advocating for your needs. Like, I need to advocate to get the accommodations I needed to get through most of my classes, and that included for me getting extra time for tests. So you have to actually go to your school's disability center and do that, fill out some paperwork, and send it to the professor, and let the professor okay your needs and then you you get this get the needs yeah you you have to go through like an approval process um we have that similar at our, in our school for people with you know any kind of disability um so how was that helpful getting those accommodations yes it was helpful yeah um how else did you were you able to manage um you know, the, the learning and the, the, the test taking and, and whatnot. Oh, also, I was able to manage that with the tape recorder. It has to be approved by the professor to do that. Yeah, how did you use the tape recorder? Well, I would record some lectures and then after class any important thing that I forgot I had replayed the tape so I could use that study later yeah I've actually tried to uh, suggest that to students as well it's a really good strategy they always like to complain it takes a long time but you know that's how you really learn things and and it does highlight the fact you know that I think depending on the type of disability, students often have to, you know, dedicate a lot more hours to studying and, and um, preparing for exams and assignments than you would otherwise. So it's a testament to, you know, your hard work um, getting through the degree. 
what was the uh, degree in again? You... Uh, bachelor music, piano performance. Okay, so it was a bachelor's degree. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so along the way, I imagine you probably had a good bit of support to help you through that. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your support network, you know, who's been uh, major influences in helping you achieve that goal of getting through college. Um, support network included my parents. They've always supported me throughout the four years I've been at college financially. Well, my other supporters were the academic coordinators at the Learning Center, my guidance counselor, the director of piano studies, my former piano teacher from Somerville, the professor from Westminster, my family, and the church. Yeah. So I think it's it's great that you highlight so many supports, and it's something that I try and, and talk about a lot is that, you know, it, you can't do it alone, you know? Even people that, that don't have a disability in college, I think, just it, it's so much harder to kind of get through this. It's such a long process. You said it took you, you know, four years, um, which I thought was an associate's degree. Uh, I thought you mentioned it was a community college, but the fact that you did a bachelor's in four years is even more um, commendable. Um, but to have all of those supports, you know, counselors, guidance counselors, family, um, the church, um, definitely makes it, I think, a bit easier. And the more of those that you could find for yourself or, you know, have people, you know, link you to, the better. Um, so... While you were in college, I'm sure there were struggles, uh, and I'm sure that beyond learning what you what you were studying, you know, related to piano, what were some of the bigger life learning lessons that you learned while you were in college? My biggest life lesson here actually is to stay motivated because if you lose motivation, you actually lose where you're going. Also, always keep learning the subject and never get tired of what you're doing. And lastly, believe in yourself and follow your heart. Yeah. I I preach that a lot as well, um, that if people are in school and studying something that they're not really super interested in that that might be a sign (laughs) excuse me and that you know I always talk to people it's like you know sometimes it's like a general studies thing you know if you want to become you know have a certain profession there might be requirements that you have to get through to get to the the material that you find interesting but if you get to that point and the material that you're supposed to find interesting isn't (laughs) Um, to, to make the change and not just, you know, just chalk it up as well. I made the right decision, but I might as well stick with it because usually probably won't find a good match with your career. So I'm glad to hear you bring that up. Uh, what about some of some tools or resources that have helped you along the way? 
um, make college a little bit more manageable. Okay. So some of the tools that I use to make my learning manageable is the academic center I said before, the tape recorder, also most importantly staying ahead of the syllabus. Don't want ever to fall behind. Have a peer tutor. And also take extra time for test taking. And actually do something like, for example, I had an Italian class. I had bought the tapes in advance to my class like the summer before the class began. And I ended up doing very well. I got an A in my class. Mm, because you had advanced, you could uh, prepare earlier looking at the syllabus. That's a really great strategy. Um, it really speaks to your dedication to wanting to do well. I think a lot of students may not, you know, I don't know. They may not be motivated, as you said, to put in that kind of effort, and that that really speaks to it. And you probably deserve the A. <laughs> um, so, with the peer tutoring, is that was that set up for you through the learning center that you talked about? Yes. Um, what do you think it is it is about learning from a peer versus if it were, you know, like a faculty member or teacher? Is it is it better for you in any way, or what? What do you think about that? Well, peer tutor is actually is basically a person that actually studied with that professor and knows what the class is like. So you are actually getting advice from a person who knows the subject well, and they can help you with it. Yeah. All right, so they have the experience, the peer, of taking the class before with the professor, and that gives them a good leg up on knowing the information and then being able to explain it to people like yourself that need extra help. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah that's a really great strategy. I, I'm interested in, in developing a peer mentoring program for college students. I'm working on that with a colleague right now at Rutgers uh, because I agree with you. I see, I see it as a, a really big need for students. Some students just don't relate as well talking to, you know, faculty or, or adults and just I think learn better from learning from each other for somebody that's closer in age to you um all right so I guess kind of to to start to wrap up I'm interested in some of your advice having gone through the college process with autism um it's just, I think, such a major accomplishment as, as someone that's read the research and knows that the statistics are not actually in favor of people with disabilities in general um, managing to get through four-year schools especially. What advice would you have for college students that have disabilities, you know, autism or mental health or whatever, that have big goals or big dreams that might be struggling right now to make any kind of headway or progress on that? All right, my advice for students with disabilities 
is not to let your disability stop you from doing what you want. Use the tools that are given to you and give these tools and use them. Yeah. Just small pin. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that. And, Go ahead. And also recording pen. <laughs> a recording pen. Yeah. I have some of the students, I'm a teacher, and I have some students that use them in my classes. And I think they're great. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, if you have the diagnosis, I had another uh, person that, that I interviewed. Um, and he was like, you know, if, if this is something that, you, that you've been, you know, unfortunate enough to receive this, you know, a diagnosis, you might as well use it, you know, everything you can to your advantage. The, the accommodations that you talked about, things that like technology are meant to level the playing field, you know, um, so I'm glad you bring that up. What about faculty? Um, what advice would you have for faculty out there? related to helping students with disabilities succeed in college. As a faculty member myself, I'm always interested in, in students' advice to know like what we could do better. I think faculty needs to know their students well. That's first thing. Because students have like different ways of learning and you need to expect that. Finally, what you need to, you guys, faculty need to do better is actually believe that your students can't succeed. I agree. <laughs> um, it's so central to what we teach in our department of psychiatric rehabilitation that in order to help, effectively help people with disabilities, you have to have that hope that people can recover and, you know, live ordinary lives just like any one of us. Uh, and I think the same goes for, you know, teachers are, are in that kind of helping profession. So um, I think that that is sage advice. Um, okay. Thank you so much, Justin, for coming on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate having you on and uh, taking the time out of your day to, you know, talk to other students that maybe have disabilities like autism. Uh, this is the first time I've ever had anybody that's, you know, self-identified as being uh, with autism and getting through school. That's a huge achievement. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. All right. We're back. And thank you again to Justin for taking the time. Really appreciate uh, some of the suggestions and uh, advice and tools that he shared. Uh, so awesome. Anyway, as we uh, as we come to a close here, I just wanted to kind of share a little bit about um, myself and, and some thoughts I had for some upcoming episodes come fall. Um, I probably will not release another one uh, before the fall semester starts. Um, we're coming into serious vacation time now here for uh, college professors. Uh, August, you know, I'm about to wrap up the summer semester and have some vacation time planned. Uh, so I will be uh, taking some time for myself um, 
going to hit the Fish Festival uh, Curveball at Watkins Glen in, uh, what, two weeks or something like that? Woo! And uh, I am going to be uh, taking, spending some time down on the Jersey Shore for a few days uh, with my family. So I got some... Um, activities to recreate <laughs> and uh, I hope you guys too I hope you've enjoyed your summer so far I definitely have the the best part of my summer coming up and then it really recharges me to head into the fall uh, so the fall as I have mentioned numerous times we will not be uh, recording on a weekly schedule as uh, the past three falls I've done um, and it will be more as I um as I come up with topics and as you guys email me ideas for topics, uh, I will try and um, be resp as responsive as I can. I still really want to continue to interview college students, uh, recent college graduates that are in recovery for various disabilities, mental health and otherwise. So if you are one of those people, please feel free to reach out if you think you might have something awesome to uh, share. Uh, and if you, even if you don't think it's awesome, just the fact that you got through college and uh, are, has succeeded in achieving that goal, there's probably something we can talk about. So uh, feel free to reach out. I will be quite busy myself. Uh, I have a number of classes to teach, both uh, in the classroom and online. So that is, a, I just got my finalized schedule, so I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to starting. Um, and I will be working on a presentation. I'm going to be presenting at an online learning conference in November. So I always, uh, when, I'm, when I prepare for presentations or something like that, I try and use the opportunity to turn it into more than one project of interest for me. So in my mind, like if I prepare something and it's going to be about um, the nature of disability, different disability types, and the experiences that people have with learning online, you know, the challenges that they've experienced, the benefits that they've experienced, and sort of get at why they chose to take an online course. So I hope to sort of um, maybe turn that into a podcast episode as well, sharing some of the data that I was able to collect with a colleague and um, some of the message that I'm going to be presenting, because I think it will be relevant for uh, not only the students that listen, but especially the faculty uh, and faculty that teach online. So I think I'll be doing an episode related to disability and online learning. Um, I also think I'll do an episode related to kind of continuing on my series of mentorship and peer mentorship, where I had my colleague Brittany on a few times in the spring. Uh, we are going to be, I think, embarking on an article, writing an article, and so I kind of want to share a little, some thoughts from that related to uh, some of the uh, research that I've learned about how mentoring helps college students. Uh, there's not a lot out there, unfortunately, about college students specifically with mental illness or mental health diagnoses. Um, but I can share some of the more broader research, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a peer, um, what it means to be a peer in terms of your peers uh, that are exist in your class. You know, you have, uh, say, a classroom of 20 students. Those students are your peers, right? And some might be way older than you, and they're still your, your academic peers. 
um, even if they're not necessarily super close to an age, although that is generally what we think of when we think of the term peer. Um, but we in the mental health community use the term peer in a little bit of a different way to describe somebody that is in recovery from uh, a mental health condition that is helping somebody else with their recovery and what it means to be a peer in that respect versus a peer in the academic sense. So I think that might be a little bit of a philosophical talk, but also some strategy involved in there as well. Um, I, you know, I'm, I have big goals <laughs> this semester coming up. You know, I have uh, a class that I'm taking for my degree, which is, uh, you know, in full swing, and uh, also um, just other goals related to wellness and, and fitness. Um, one thing I wanted to note, you know, I've continued on my yoga, which is probably of no surprise to any of you, but also I've started running a little bit again, uh, which I wasn't able to do for a long time because I had knee pain, but I think all of the yoga has strengthened my knees and now I can run again. And I'm running a 5k, uh, actually at the fish festival. Uh, so it's the first time I'm running a 5k. I'm really excited to do that. I've been practicing and getting in training for that. So another, uh, another goal that I've kind of had on my plate for a while that, uh, sort of came out of nowhere and, uh, because I wasn't expecting to be ready to achieve it at this point, but I'm going to try it anyway. So hope you all out there um, are enjoying your summers, uh, relaxing. Maybe you're taking summer classes, and if so, that's cool too. You're getting at your goal, you know, kind of even more tenaciously. Uh, if you're not, you know, there's something to be said for taking a break in the summer, especially when you have a really, really rigorous uh fall and spring coming up. So uh, wherever you're at in the college process, um, I hope you are, you know, enjoying yourself uh, and taking some time for yourself to spend time uh, with family, with friends, uh, doing things that you love, uh, learning things outside of school that kind of feed your passion. So I, this podcast is a passion of mine and I will continue to feed it as well. So hope you kind of stay along for the ride. Uh, so with that, uh, enjoy the rest of your August and you can count on me to be back, you know, sometime after the fall spring or fall semester gets underway to say, Hey, and, uh, have something new, uh, to bring to you related to either, you know, mental health, wellness, entrepreneurship, mentoring, you know, what we talk about here. Uh, anyway, thanks, uh, thanks everyone. Thank you again, Justin. Thanks, Elise, uh, and uh, have a great summer. Take care. Peace.